0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of This is CX, our Westwood Monroe Partners Customer Experience Podcast. I'm Mike Manfredo.
1: And this is Paul Hagen.
0: We're going to continue down our little mini episode series around customer success and customer experience with our second conversation looking at key trends around customer success. Last time we spoke with Neil Jane, director here at West Monroe, we're going to be speaking with one of his counterparts, Davil Mugabane. He's a director in the mergers and acquisitions practice out of our San Francisco office. So Davil, welcome and thanks for joining us
2: today. Thanks, Mike. And thanks, Paul. Looking forward to the conversation.
0: Excellent. So... Paul, if you remember during our our last conversation with Neil, we talked a lot about the growth of the subscription-based economy and out of that, the growth in focusing on driving as much value to customers out of the products and services that they're using – We talked a lot about what is customer experience, what are the components of it as a customer success professional, what are the things that I focus on? What does that mean as a customer experience professional? And so based on kind of all these elements, you and I wanted to talk with Davil about what are five key trends that we're seeing around customer success out in the marketplace?
1: Fantastic. Looking forward to it.
0: So Daval, first off, would you mind just giving a little bit of background of yourself and your experience with customer success prior to and as part of West Monroe?
2: Sure, Mike. I'm a director here in the mergers and acquisitions practice in West Monroe, but have over the last probably five to seven years worked extensively with technology companies, so be it hardware, software, information services providers, around all aspects of what it takes to drive growth. A big driver, as I think Neil might have mentioned in his previous podcast, was a number of these companies are now increasingly converting their revenue to be selling more subscription-based offerings and products in the market. And we've had the opportunity and the benefit of working with a number of firms in terms of how they grow that subscription revenue line. A key aspect of that is making sure customers are happy making sure that customers are using the product, making sure that they're adopting and getting value from the product and services that they've purchased. And that's where customer success comes in. And customer success has been in play for now over the last three, four years where companies either born in the cloud as SaaS models, companies shifting to the cloud or in SaaS models have put those roles in place. But as these companies mature, as these models mature, The role of customer success and the charter of customer success will change over the next three to five years than what they were even in the past four to five years. When customer success was originally launched, the whole notion was you want to stop the leaky bucket, right? So you have revenue coming in from customers every year. You want to make sure that you keep those customers in the subsequent year and add more customers to the top line of the revenue. And so the whole notion originally was, if you think about it, reducing churn. But as the maturity of the customer success model has evolved, as the maturity of the subscription business models have evolved, the notion is not only about a leaky bucket, but also trying to drive expansions within the account. So kind of the whole notion of customer success now being responsible, again, for making sure that adoption takes place, products gets used, but ultimate financial objective is to make sure that you're driving a growth in what we call net retention as against just reducing churn. And what net retention really is, is making sure that the accounts don't churn, they don't reduce their volume or purchase of your products, but you also get the opportunity then to cross sell, to upsell within those accounts. So the role of a CSM in these organizations could vary based on one company to the other. The fundamental role is to still make sure that the customer is essentially getting value from the product, but then using that as a foundation, not only to protect the revenue stream but to expand the revenue stream within those accounts. You know, Mike, as Donald
1: was talking about this, I've been thinking about that impact on customer experience pros. You
2: know, what I think customer
1: success has done, we've been talking a lot about the ROI of customer experience. And if you think about an economy shifting, and even this role shifting to focus on this idea of net retention growth, I think it behooves a customer experience person to say, hey, how much are we in an industry or a business that is shifting the way we both earn revenue and grow revenue in our company and take a page out of the book here and how to talk about it. Cause I think these guys
0: do a really good job of
1: tapping into that evolution of the economic model within a company.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think there are a lot of really harder metrics to be able to demonstrate the value and Absolutely. As customer experience professionals, being able to take a page out of that playbook, like you said, in where to focus, how to quantify the impact of focusing on customers and being able to meet not just what the expectation that you as an organization have set, but met the perception, your customer's perception of, did they truly get the value that they were seeking from your product or service? And that should be recognizable uh, across that balance scorecard that we've been talking about. So, Daval, what's our second
2: trend? Most of our clients, you see CX professionals and you see them scaling their customer success teams. And sometimes, more often than not, there is a little bit of confusion in terms of what is a CS role chartered with versus what is a CX role chartered with. And in our opinion, at least, there's a very, very distinct set of responsibilities that each role brings value to, to the organization. And a very strong interplay that both these roles need to have and these functions need to have within the organization to deliver the ultimate value, which is obviously a happy customer, adopted customer, a customer getting value from the products and the customer that grows with you over time. So if you think about at least how we think about this kind of distinction, the CS role tends to get engaged more directly on a day-to-day basis with customers, right? So they're the ones... On the front lines, either working with customers, making sure that the engagement of that customer on an ongoing basis through the life cycle of that customer with the company, with the product is effective, that day-to-day experience is good, as well as the customer gets what they need in order to be able to kind of use and leverage and get value from the product on an ongoing basis. On the other hand, the CX role is essentially, you need to view itself as a a set of individuals that are driving systematic change within an organization to be able to deliver that experience at scale, right? So the way you think about it is, at the end of the day, I'm going to find a CSM or a CS role might identify challenges that are unique to the accounts that they're serving. But that those challenges are likely going to be consistent across other accounts, across other CSMs, and it requires a series of cross-functional initiatives within the organization's, to address the systematic cause of that issue. So if let's say if it's an issue as it relates to a UX of the product or if it's an issue that relates to just the way that the customers buy the product or the way they get support from the product, while there are individual functions that are responsible for addressing that, so R&D might be responsible for addressing the CX issue, support might be responsible for addressing the bug fix issue, there are times where These cross-functional initiatives require a quarterback within the organization to solve systematically. And that's where fundamentally CX has to play a key role. In addition, every function in an organization today has listening posts for their customers. So Everyone's trying to listen in, trying to change their operating practices to address what they perceive to be gaps in that customer experience. Again, to be able to do that systematically across the organization and to create a closed loop process around the voice of the customer again, an integral role of CX. So I think what I encourage is people to kind of start to think about how do you leverage the CS role and the CX role collectively to drive a fundamental shift within the organization from a culture perspective, from a process perspective, from a data perspective, and from a systems perspective.
0: Paul, to me, it sounds like with these CSMs, customer success managers, you could almost build an entire listening program kind of this is like in between the voice of the customer, voice voice of the employee. It's the voice of the employee about the customer. (laughs) These folks are on the ground, having conversations with customers, gathering a lot of qualitative, rich information about the experience. And then it's how do you grab all that information along with what your customers are directly saying to understand both pieces of the puzzle around what the experience is. So being able to listen systematically across the organization, they end up being a whole nother source, a rich source of information about the experience.
1: Companies often have these rich sources, right? Your contact center is filled with recordings of interactions with customers about exactly what they're doing. Companies have account managers and to the extent that Account managers, whether that's on the sales side or the inside sales side, if they're using a CRM system and writing down what's going on, you've got a rich source. So there's the voice that's a part of it. I think this integration is going to be interesting because there's two disciplines that have grown up differently. They've got different sets of terminology. And companies that are trying to integrate are going to have to get past, I can't just take my customer success organization and call it customer experience and believe that now I'm actually running my organization or orchestrating those experiences in a different way. Sometimes what happens to a customer happens upstream in the marketing and the sales cycle where the customer's promised something that the company can't actually deliver. Or there's something in billing or legal or compliance that undermines the customer experience or policies. In customer experience, we talk a lot about inner and outer closed loop, and that outer closed loop is really the systemic problems The customer success doesn't usually or typically have within the organization. But I think the CSMs and the playbooks that they do is essentially the same as what customer experience folks do with maybe a limited set of data in their inner closed loop, right? There's a follow-up depending on what happens with that inner closed loop feedback. You can get a lot of great information from employees about what's going on with the customer and do some root cause analysis and get that into that outer loop. But that's the kind of integration. And I think, again, that idea of not just being reactive to what's going on, but driving that into what, you know, where customer experience has been much more involved with proactive and intentionally designing experiences across the entire lifecycle. That's going to be the interesting thing. And really, I think customer experience will benefit CS organizations by bringing the outside in perspective, bringing the customer's voice to the table. And trying to make decisions, more broad decisions with the customer sitting there. Doing stuff for customers as opposed to doing stuff to
0: customers is a real shift. Davo, what is our third trend that you have around customer success?
2: So I think the third trend, Mike, would be a question we're seeing a number of our clients grapple with, right? Which is, how do I do this at scale? You know, it's very easy to do customer success for your top 10% of your accounts, 20% of the accounts, because traditionally you can assign a relatively senior resource to serve eight, 10 accounts. They're engaged with that customer on an ongoing basis. They're kind of working with them to really understand their adoption paths, their success plans, and then they can actually enable that customer to be successful over time. Now the challenge becomes when you start to go to the next tier down from a segmentation perspective within the account base. And particularly as you start to go to some of your smaller accounts, it is very difficult to scale customer success by adding headcount, right? So so there's two kind of sub-dimensions to this, right? So one is what we're seeing happen is a lot of the customer success aspects and engagement being now integrated and being baked into the product itself, especially in in the technology industry, but it could also parlay in other industries where you're engaging with that customer through your website or through some other format that's kind of digitally enabled. Speaking specifically in the technology segment, what we're seeing happen a lot is starting to engage with that customer in context of that use of their product. So let's say a customer is working on a software application they're struggling with inserting certain data sets or data fields that they're supposed to in order to get the outcome they want to get. In the old world, they would have to either go in to kind of search into a knowledge base or they'd need to go into a community, kind of get out of their current use of the product, go to a separate UI, or worst case scenarios, if neither the knowledge base or the communities were able to answer the question, they'd have to call in to customer support. And in the new world, what you want to have happen is within the context and the workflow of the product itself, you're using data, the company is using data to understand where the customer is in their use of the product, understand that they might be struggling with certain aspects and certain definitional aspects of the products. So integrating some of that search capability into the product and being able to then start to engage in context with that customer and make sure that the customer gets the answers, doesn't struggle with the use of the product, at that point in time in the product. That's just one example. There are several such examples. By delivering the right experience within the product itself, understanding what the customer and how the customer is using the product, you're able to then deliver, obviously, incremental value without having to add resources or headcount to the equation here.
1: You know, I think that will hit two things, this notion of scaling up the organization because a delivery model with customer success is very different than customer experience. There is intervention and how you automate that gets really important. I think one of the interesting things, seeing the vendors, Qualtrics has done a partnership with Tatango, Medallia picked up Strike Deck, Gainsight is building some of its own CX functionality together. All of them are getting into the product more and triggering off of, real-time, in-context actions. And, you know, I think they're reinventing what CRM has been about, you know, rather than reactive service or direct marketing, you know, through email or something else. How do I understand where a customer is on a journey that leads to someplace not (laughs) positive, right? What's the happy path and what's the not happy path? And when I start seeing them go down the not happy path, How do I ping them in product the time they're using it to try to encourage them down the happier
0: path? As CX professionals, where we can continue to integrate from a customer success lens, but even as an organization becoming more journey-based, it's a digital journey within the product, using Mm -hmm. the product. What are those journeys? What are those happy paths, not happy paths? elements that go into it and how do you in real time deliver a good experience even with the best design principles trying to bring human-centered approach to the design of a product or a service but inevitably there's going to be cases where things will happen so how do you best orchestrate that experience in that moment to ensure that customers ultimately get the value that they were promised and so i think that's where real integration of the cx and cs worlds come together
1: I think it's beyond just the product, though, right? It it may very well be we see success where a customer has come in and done a group training together. I remember several years ago, Rosetta Stone talked about this quite a bit. as They moved from a language learning CD to an online piece and could interact with customers real time. They learned that customers succeeded more when they signed up for a language learning tutoring session or connected with another language learner. And so there's these things that it may be an offline kind of thing. It may be, we saw one customer who was doing some research and found out the customers were much more successful if they had actually hit the contact center several times, because that meant they were pounding on the product and had actually issues. Those people who didn't hit the contact center for support weren't actually using the tool itself. So it becomes this interesting multi, you know, and we've talked about Omni channel for a while, but what does that journey look like regardless of what the channel is to success? And it includes other parts of the organization, sometimes in surprising ways. But you got to have the data and you got to know what the happy path kind of looks like.
2: I think it really ties to the fourth trend, which is really to deliver that scale, to be able to connect the dots between CX and CS. I mean, what you're seeing is technology vendors actually kind of fill that gap. Paul mentioned Gainsight. They've historically started with the CSM as kind of their core users, but now have evolved that to expand their remit to be able to now engage and kind of drive voice of customer programs integrated with product success. So they get product related data in to be able to drive the workflows and decisions. And so you're seeing a significant evolution of the technology stack that's required to deliver the CS and CX elements at scale. And we have
0: plans to speak with a number of the leaders at the various customer success platforms, but between CRM customer experience management platforms like Medallia, Qualtrics, and then these customer success platforms. Do you see a point where clearly there's a lot of actual integration work going on, acquisition, integration of these products to expand? Is this kind of the next evolution, revolution of customer experience related
2: technology? I certainly think it is, Mike. And I think if you add to the mix, customer support tools that people use, including Zendesk and Service Cloud. I mean, you add the plethora of solutions that companies are using to be able to engage and get perspectives on the customers or drive workflows with the customers, and it starts to become mind-boggling, right, in the number of solutions. But as you think about the evolution of these platforms, there is a need to essentially broaden the aperture to be able to deliver not only a solution to the CSMs, not only the solution that allows you to drive customer experience at scale within the organization, so to kind of deliver voice to the customers, voice to the customer programs, drive improvements against those programs, but also to now make sure that your engagement from a product side is integrated back into this, right? So that what you're learning, you're able to capture the insights from the product, understand what the engagement is like within the product, and then use that to drive behavior within the product, but also behavior that You'd want from a CS and a CX perspective. So certainly you're seeing integration across those platforms. You're seeing each of those vendors start to expand their portfolio into those adjacent areas. And all of that underpins on essentially the data that you have regarding that customer. The availability and the accessibility of data versus the relative use of that data today is a huge gap. And I think a lot of these vendors, a lot of these platforms are starting to take a look at. How do you leverage the data that you have regarding the customer and then drive the activities and behaviors that you want across the various functions and across the various stages of the customer lifecycle?
0: Thinking back to some of the original promises of CRM and that 360 degree view of the customer or single view of the customer, I feel like the tools have just needed to evolve the way that relationships with customers have evolved. CRM kind of starting off with sales and marketing maybe a little bit of service, because that's all they were thinking about in terms of the activity with customers. But as we become more connected with customers, those tools have had to keep up. And that definition of 360 degree view of the customer seems to also evolve.
1: You know, I think that's an interesting point. And 360 is probably a little bit misleading. It may be much more about what is the right data that I need at the right time within the right context? And how do I take action on that? Whether it's customer master data management, which we've seen a you know, number of clients start getting interested in, how do I govern the different sources of data that's getting collected by these different tools? But these tools feel like they're trying to stitch this stuff together, or at least the right data together, so that it can be actionable at the right time and be proactive, you know, whether it's in the playbooks of customer success or some sort of closed loop analysis in customer experience.
0: So maybe just to put the finer touch here, Davul, for that fifth trend here, I know we're kind of alluding to and talking about data.
2: Yeah, no, it absolutely is around data. And I think the notion just of what Paul mentioned where there is data being generated about that customer across all systems right today. and I think the idea of being able to get a cohesive view of call it customer health, 360 degree view of the customer, whatever the name, the terminology is, doesn't really matter. But it really requires, I think, two or three aspects of discipline, right? So one is usage data, being able to understand how products are being used, where is value being accrued, what features and feature sets are kind of more sticky versus the others, and being able to use that then to, A, drive the next generation of product design, but B, also how do you drive engagement of CSMs with the customer so that they get to start to use the more stickier products, the products that get them tied into the workflow. Number two is experience. How do they perceive us as a vendor? What parts of the experience they like? What parts of the experience they don't like? So there's a whole notion of being able to gather just experiential data. The third is engagement data, right? So are they engaging with us in different ways? Are they engaging with us in our webinars? Are they engaging with us in our training programs? Are they participating in our user conferences? Uh, The fourth notion is what is their experience with You know, things like support, like professional services, sales processes. So is the experience data from a transactional standpoint? Fifth is what is their purchasing patterns uh, behavior? Have they purchased a lot from us? Is it one product versus multi-product? So, I mean, there's so much insight and data available to customers that we're seeing most clients start to build these large data lakes or leverage one of the tools to build out these data lakes so that they can start to get a cohesive view of that customer And to be able to use that view to either drive activities, prioritize activities within the CS community, drive improvements from a CX perspective, obviously factor that back into each of the functional areas to drive improvements in how they drive their processes and obviously back into the product area, right? So this is a very fertile land and I think it's still early stage in terms of all of the data being effectively used to drive improvement in customer experience.
0: Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense in terms of the just the amount of different data about customers that organizations have access to. And I think it drives them to the need of data management, analytical capability, et cetera, that's required to ultimately derive the most amount of value out of that information as possible.
2: And Mike, I think just one more point to add. I mean, all the data we talked about right now is specific to the engagement that a company has with their customers. The next generation of value will be derived when the companies are able to use data across their customer sets to allow them to provide their customers some feedback around how they can improve the use and value from their product based on how others in the industry or others in the company are doing things. Now, again, that requires a level of permissions and opt-in rights, et cetera. But as a customer, as I'm engaging with a product provider I would love to learn, am I executing specific processes the way I should be? If not, then I'd want the provider to tell me how I could do it differently.
0: Daval, again, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your five trends here that you're seeing around customer success. Thank you all for joining. If you do have any thoughts or feedback or comments, questions, you can always reach us at the email listed in the show notes. Again, Daval, thank you so much for joining Paul and I and sharing your information today.
2: Yeah, thanks, double. Thank you guys. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you
0: all for joining. Have a great rest of the day.